Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Dr. Mark T. Wade, Chief Scaling Officer over at Hustle & Scale. And if you want to scale big, you need to listen to Built Your Network with legendary host, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What up, what up? Today, we have a guest coming at us all the way from the Caribbean. His name is Dr. Mark Wade, and his story is really, really unique. This guy got his doctorate, moved to Italy, and started a brick-and-mortar posture clinic, which he scaled to be one of the largest in the entire country. And then he started getting the online game and has been crushing it there ever since. He hosts Puerto Rico Masterminds. He's got a bunch of stuff going on that's really, really cool. We talk about the importance of traveling when it comes to personal development. We talk about how one book just helped him absolutely explode his business. And we dive deep into how to network with influencers, which is actually how him and I know each other. He's really tight with one of my mentors, John Lee Dumas. So you're definitely going to want to tune into this one. Enjoy my talk with Dr. Mark Wade. Mark, super stoked to be here with you, man. Welcome to the show. Where are you coming from these days? Hey, Travis, man. I am pumped to be here. This is super exciting. Can't wait to uh, get into some really good conversation with you. I am actually coming from paradise right now. I'm uh, <laughs> located in Palmas del Mar, Puerto Rico, which you are uh, quite familiar with. I yeah. I rode my fair share of golf carts around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a golf cart paradise. I mean, you nailed it right there. <laughs> What brought you out to Puerto Rico? Well, I think I, I know the answer, but I'll you ask. You definitely know the answer, <laughs> but for everybody else. So I was, I'm a bit of an adventurer anyways. I've lived 
everywhere, traveled everywhere. But I was in Italy for six years before Puerto Rico. And I decided to come back stateside, be closer to the audience, demographics, things like that. And, you know, like my account was like, hey, if you're considering just moving anywhere in the US, have you considered Puerto Rico? And I was like, no, like why Puerto Rico? That doesn't sound like the 50 states. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no, like I was thinking, you know, Phoenix or Miami, you know, but if you could move anywhere and you have no connection, like specific connection, like where do you go? So when he brought it up, he said, well, there's this little thing called Act 20, which is 4% business tax. And I was like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> and so, yeah, I came down, visited. As you know, this is an amazing community of highly successful, influential entrepreneurs, a huge tax incentive, and it's just a beautiful paradise. So all that rolled into one, it it makes it, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, kind of just made perfect sense. So take us back then. You said you've always been mobile, always kind of been all over the place, living in different parts of really the world, not just the country. So what enabled you to be able to do that? Like, What were you initially doing in business? How did that transition online? And walk us through that. Yeah, well, that is a super interesting story, actually. I've always loved travel. I've been traveling, you know, since I was since I was able to drive, essentially. You know, it started as like small road trips and then spring break down to Panama City Beach, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> However, as I got older, I was not always able to travel just for fun, but I did a lot of traveling for conferences. So I my, you know, in my past life or whatever, my original training, I'm in the health trade, health industry by trade. I have a couple doctorates and about 65 certifications ranging anything from neurology to posture to ergonomics. So during my first doctorate, I did almost every weekend a different conference in a different city and that really stoked my love for travel. So when I graduated with my first doctorate, I decided I wanted to go abroad. I didn't want to go to like a third world country necessarily, but I wanted to live abroad and uh, I chose Italy. So I spent about six years in Europe, Italy being primary home, but I had a place, I had a house on the Croatian Riviera in Opatia. I had a, I lived in the island of Sardinia for a little bit. And we also had a place in the Austrian mountains or Dolomites where we go skiing. That's awesome. Of all the places that you've been over there, what was like the favorite? What was like the go-to? If you're going to go back right now for a week, where would you go? Yeah, man, that would be tough. I would say Italy. Italy is by far one of the most beautiful places in the entire world if you can just live there. Now, I had a physical clinic at the time. So if you're working in Italy, so you want to talk about like a mind-blowing transition. As far as Italy's concerned, you know, if you're making over six figures income in Italy, it's about 71% tax. Now oh here in Puerto God. Rico, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of the it's kind of a socialistic wow. a little bit country, but yeah. then in Puerto Rico it's four percent. So we're talking like major swings. You're there. literally saving hundreds of thousands of dollars by living close in to millions. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. crazy. Like, it would be Italy by far. It's the cuisine, the people, the culture, the every place you go. I mean, literally, you could just go to a town right next to you. And it's just the most beautiful place ever. Now, with that being said, I got to give Croatia props because I'd miss that place almost on a weekly basis. So this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is, uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. I hear that from more and more people. Like, so I talk to a lot of people that travel. I've traveled a good amount. I think I've been to like 23, 24 countries or something like that. So more than a lot of people, but not quite as much as a lot of people that I know. And that's usually a question that I ask people that have been to a ton of countries. I'm like, hey, what's the go-to? Like, what's the spot you'd go back to? And I keep hearing Croatia over and over and over again. What is it just like the scenery? Is it the culture, the people, everything combined? What is it about there? It's for sure everything combined. It is a very beautiful place. It's on the, you know, you've got the water right there. And it's kind of a different type of water where it almost looks like a lake. It's so still in most places because of the, you know, the way the, it's kind of like an inlet, if you will. But the cuisine is amazing. And it's really kind of a diverse, not necessarily diverse culture, but the people there are just so friendly. It's unbelievable like that. And then price wise, because they're still on the Kuna, whereas everything else in Europe is, on the euro or the pound, it's about seven to one price difference. So it's wow. extremely affordable as well for, for people on a budget or just traveling or like, you know, for me, I just had a, a vacation house on the Riviera. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how traveling was crucial to opening up your perspective of different cultures and how that kind of played into building the business and meeting people and building a network and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So traveling is for sure life-changing. For one, it's addictive and <laughs> for two, but it does kind of show you, you know, like a lot of times when we're stuck in our own little bubble, our own little world, we think this is how it is. Hmm. In yeah. reality, you know, whatever that bubble is to you, that's not how it is. It is hmm. for you, but it's not for the rest of the world. And we all have our own little bubbles, but the more places you see, the more places you go, the more people you meet and the things you do, the better and bigger your bubble gets. And, and it yeah. really changes your perspective on everything. Like it, it makes you more appreciative. It makes you more grateful. It makes you more respectful. It makes you see what things could be, you know, and glad the way things are, you know, it kind of gives you both right. of those versus, you know, having like either a negative outlook or like, 
almost a naively positive outlook. Either way, you naively want to look at positive. It. Yeah, exactly. That is what I feel most people's outlook is, regardless. Like if you're born in the U.S., if you're born in Italy, if you're born in Mexico, wherever you kind of are, you, you kind of have this naivety about you where you're just like, this is the best situation. I'm the luckiest person. And like some of that's good and it's good to think positively. I'm not trying to bash that whatsoever, but I think a lot of times it limits what you think is possible and it doesn't allow you to connect with people. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you have to have beliefs, right? You have to have like beliefs, convictions, things that you like live your life by, things that guide you. But how do you know that your beliefs are accurate if you've never challenged them or looked at what other people's beliefs are, right? And if you don't get to know other people that have those different beliefs and realize that, like, hey, this is actually a good person, right? Because that was like a big paradigm shift for me. It was like growing up, you're in this little bubble, this little culture sort of segment of society and you think that everything that you do is right, everybody else is wrong and you're totally polar opposites. Then you hang out with somebody and you're like, you're like, this is a cool dude. And then you figure out that you believe like opposite of what they believe. And it's like, wait a second. I thought everybody that believed the opposite of what I believe was a bad person. (laughs) That is actually a extremely powerful statement you just said there on a universal kind of level and also relating it to networking too. I mean, when you travel, you meet people and Mm -hmm. you know how they say six degrees of separation. The more people people you meet, that degree of separation becomes littler, you know, less and less. And so like, I'm fortunate, like I know people all over the world, I could literally travel to most countries and have a place that I could be like, Hey, you know, can I crash at your place tonight? Or would you like to go out and get dinner tonight? Which I do regularly because I still travel for work and stuff like that. And every time I travel, you know, I put a post down on my Facebook and then I reach out to several people that I know saying, Hey, I'm here in town for these days. Would anybody like to get together for lunch or dinner or drinks? Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's also a really cool thing with networking with traveling as well is then your network expands like that. But back to like, also like your point there is like, we get stuck in our own belief systems a lot, kind of yeah. like you were saying, and we're like anti this, anti that. Well, when you travel to different cultures, like people have completely different beliefs and, and different opinions. And unless you want to be kind of like, you know, a jerk, you're going to be respectful of that. And actually, if you take time to listen, you can start to see things from other people's perspectives, which I think is extremely valuable from a kind of success and networking opportunity side of it. Because if you're just closed minded and closed off, you're not going to make a whole lot of relationships or connections because nobody's really going to want to hang out with you other than the people who believe exactly like you. And, you know, although that might feel comfortable, I mean, how fun really is that? Right. And how much do you really improve? Like if you are always only staying comfortable, you know, like the answer is you don't improve a lot. (laughs) Very true. So travel check. Let's talk a little bit about business because I know that's your entrepreneurial mind and you are business starting addict. So let's start from the beginning. So you get your doctorate. Were you working during this time? Did you have a business during this time? What was your first business? Walk us through that whole phase. Yeah. So from the, like once I entered kind of the professional world, I had my own clinic. So that was my business. I started it, you know, from scratch in a foreign country. What kind of a clinic was this? So it was a posture correction clinic. So, you know, started from scratch in a foreign country in the worst economic downfall in history without being able to speak the language and not knowing anybody. So it was, let's just say I stacked the odds against yeah. myself. Uh, and <laughs> Wanted to shoot yourself in the foot, see if you could walk type thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like challenge and a little bit of pain, I guess. But no, it was, it was definitely a struggle. And this is a very important part of my journey because I didn't really have business, you know, kind of like the business mindset as you do when you get out into the entrepreneurial world. I mean, I was, I have entrepreneurs in my family, but you don't learn it the same until you do it right. So 
getting out there, like, I mean, I was failing like every month. It was like one of those things like, man, do I just pack it up and admit failure and move back home and get a job as an associate or something like that. And eventually like I decided like, you know, I was trying to learn from other people just like me and they were all saying the kind of the same thing. I said, no, I I need to learn business. So me and my partner at the time, we decided we're going to spend a whole year and every month doing nothing but trying to learn about business. So we did this thing, what we call book reports. So every month we each read a book, uh, either business development or personal development. We picked one weekend out of the month and we blocked out the entire weekend and we delivered the book in a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation format. And we decided right then and there, like what kind of changes could we make into the business? So like if it was like a Friday, Saturday, I would deliver my presentation all day Friday on everything I read. Like for example, good to great, went through all the points. I created PowerPoint so I could teach it like the back of my hand, which means I learned it. Right. And then she would teach hers. And within a year, we built from that standpoint, we then built one of the most successful posture correction clinics in the country, which then led us on to the next part of our journey, which I'm happy to jump into that too, if we're ready for there. Yeah. Before you do, what was like a book during that time that you would point back at and be like that book right there? Like I got so much, like we obviously doing that, you're going to get a lot from every single book. But was there one that stood out to you or no? Oh, without a doubt. So if you asked her, she would say the seven habits of highly effective people, you know, by Covey. Mm-hmm. For me, obviously, the four hour work week opened my mind to what could be, but the book that changed everything was Good to Great by Jim Collins. Like that book right there, what he calls the hedgehog concept. Like the whole thing is great, right? I reread that book every year. Kind of like people reread Think and Grow Rich, which is mm-hmm. a great book. That book, though, changed my mind on how businesses should run. And it changed one of the biggest areas that I was failing at, that a lot of entrepreneurs fail at, honestly, when you're getting started, is I was trying to be everything to everybody. Right. Like in my clinic. So before we became a posture correction clinic, we helped with weight loss. We did meditation. We did yoga. We did manual therapies. Like we did everything. Right. So, like, how do you refer to that? How do you market yourself? So, that book, he talked about the hedgehog concept, which I call the unique expert position. And from there, we, we niched down and went into posture correction. And that allowed us within a year to grow from failure, literally thinking about closing to becoming one of the most successful posture correction clinics in the country. Was there like a big leap of faith in between that time? Because here's my thoughts on that. And I think this is something that a lot of people would benefit from, which is why I want to ask you about it. It's scary, right? When you're at a position where you're like literally failing and you're like barely staying above water and you're about to drown and then you have somebody offering you business, it's got to be really hard just to be like, actually, no, we don't do that anymore. We only focus on posture correction. But doing that one thing allows you to just throw all of your time, energy, and focus into that one vertical. So did you notice like a drop in business and then an immediate like rise back up? I wouldn't even say we noticed like the drop. like Because we didn't like stop working with the people we had. We just started communicating what we now did. Gotcha. So some of those people did drop off, obviously, but more people were coming on because we had a much clearer message at that point. And it was like to go with what you were saying on this, it made everything so much easier. For me, it wasn't really a, like a fear. There was no fear mm. because now it became clear. Everything was super crystal clear. Like, what do I yeah, study? Yeah. Posture correction. What do I talk about? Posture correction. What's all my marketing? Posture correction. Like, so it, what ended up happening, it allowed me and my partner yeah. to stop like studying everything else and stop learning about weight loss and this and that. And only take for us in that moment, only take courses, certification, classes on posture correction, which then within a couple of years, like this is how it like 
compounds. I think it was just under two years, we became the most certified posture experts on the planet because that's all we were studying. Now, we never would have hit that by studying everything, right? right? But now you're the most certified posture experts on the planet. So now you can get results like nobody else, right? So now you get better results, more people are coming. It's like the more focused you are on one topic, the better you get at it, the better results you get, the more people know about it, the more success you gain. It just, it stacks on top of each other. Love that. So built up a really successful business in a different country, lived there for a few years. What was the transition coming back over to the States as far as did you sell the business? Do you still own the business? Did you sell part of it? Did you walk away? What did that look like? And then how did you transition into what you're doing now? And then tell us about that. Yeah. So actually what happened is because we were gaining so much success, people started asking like, how are you doing that? So we started helping people, other healthcare professionals kind of do similar, like with posture correction. What we realized in our industry that there was a huge gap, a huge lacking of appropriate or powerful knowledge for us in, in that industry, posture certifications, posture courses, like they were so they weren't very good. There wasn't very many of them. So we started offering those. We started creating those. Our first one became the number one ranked posture certification on the planet within a year. And that was just by focusing on making it, you know, the best it could be. And, and again, we didn't have any knowledge necessarily in online business, but that's the transition. We went from people asking like, Hey, how are you doing this? How are you doing us? And us seeing you know, maybe we have an opportunity here to help other people who are just like us. Yeah. We made it online because we lived in Italy, right? So for us to go get training, we would be traveling the world. We'd have to fly back to the States for a weekend conference or training. You know, we're like, why isn't this stuff just available online? So we put that all online and that skyrocketed. Within, I think it was just over a year, that business was a multi-million dollar business. Hmm. So it became impossible to juggle both businesses. So we sold the patient files on that. And then we closed down or we took everything else. And then that's when we decided we needed to move back to the States because we needed like my partner, she was being asked to speak almost every weekend and flying gotcha, back gotcha. from Italy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. So you end up in Puerto Rico, just mainly for tax benefits. It's a really pretty place to live, all these other things. I know that you and I have, have a really good mutual friend, Johnny Dumas, that lives out there. And that's how you and I actually met. So how did you guys meet? And has he like has rubbing shoulders with him helped you to be able to understand the whole online world just so much better? Yeah. So I met him. We had a mutual contact that knew I was coming or that I was considering Puerto Rico. And I was coming down to look at it to make my decision, put me in touch with JLD. And we came down and met and he kind of gave us the rundown of how it is. You know, he'd moved there like six or seven months before. And so he really kind of showed us what Puerto Rico was and made us comfortable with wanting, uh, you know, made me comfortable with that move there. Yeah. Since being here, yeah, he's become one of my best friends, which is great. He's a super cool guy, very, very caring. And being around him, well, being here in general, like helps you just see success in a different way, but it's not all online businesses here. Yeah. I'd say being with him for sure, from a networking standpoint, has been incredible. Like JLD is so giving and caring. Like, I mean, he's put me in touch with anytime I've needed to be put in touch with somebody, he's put me in touch with them. So it's been yeah. extremely beneficial. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking a little bit off the recording and we were talking about how you are just, you thrive on networking, you thrive on building relationships. So this is kind of like a really easy transition into talking a little bit more about this. Can you talk about, first of all, how important this is 
and why if someone's listening to this and they're still battling with like this whole, you know, do I spend time and energy and focus and do I spend money on this whole networking thing or do I spend it over here and put money into my business? Like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? What would be your advice to them? Why is networking so important? I mean, my core value, I have multiple, but one of my core values is your net worth depends on your network. So for me, relationships and networking, I mean, maybe people look at networking and think like business transaction, maybe. I don't even look at it like that. It's, it's relationships. Yes. And some relationships are deeper than others. Some are more superficial than others, but it's all relationships. And it's a value exchange just like business, right? Most people don't think of it like that. And that's the problem. Yeah. If you don't look at relationships, like most people are like, I need to go make sales, which, you know, like <laughs> Bro, that's like, not going to happen unless I, you have I relationships. Start, I want to start clapping and like give you a round of applause right now because literally exactly what you're saying is the entire purpose of my show is to get people to like stop thinking about it differently. Like you're going to go to a bar with your buddies and you're going to network with people tonight. Like that's what it is. You're just building relationships with people. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Like people take it, they separate the two, right? Like this is me like building relationships, having fun with my buddies. And then this is me going to a networking event, passing out my business cards and trying to get a book of business immediately right now on the spot. Talk about why that is something that will never work long-term. Well, I mean, just think of what you just said. One of those sounded like fun. Like, I want to go to a bar with my buddies and hang out, right? The other one sounded dirty. I'm like, I don't want to go to a networking <laughs> event and hand out business cards, which I don't even have business cards, right? Like, yeah. that's most people try and expect to get, like, they look at networking, like, they have to get something out of it right there. Kind of, again, like a business transaction, like I need to make the sale or something happen right now. Yeah. That's not how relationships work. It's about planting a seed. And mm. then you have to give, you have to water that. And, and my point of view is like, I'm always planting seeds and watering them without ever knowing if I'm going to need the fruit that's going to come from that. But I would much rather have a plentiful garden, I guess, if you could say, then not have any food at all when I need it. So I look at it with networking is it's about relationships. And the, there's a lot of people out there that are actually really good at making relationships and haven't even considered it like this. So they don't know how to monetize or use those relationships in a positive way to improve their business or their life. Mm -hmm. And then you got the other side of it where you guys have all met somebody like that. They, they come up to you real quick and they want to get your business card or they want like, Hey, look, can you add me on Facebook? And you instantly get that kind of put off feeling. You're like, man, like take a step back. Chill. Like, tell me who Chill. you are. <laughs> like, let's find hobbies. Like, what do you like? What do you do? You know? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Do you have any stories of like awkward moments at an event at some time when somebody came up to you and like, threw up their unique selling proposition like all over your you know, face when you were at a networking event or something? Yeah, man. Like <laughs> I can't remember specifically, but I'm actually... Depends on how you want to look at this. Like I look... you know, Some people say, oh, you do that very well. I look at it as like I'm ex-military. I've got a thick skin and I kind of think everybody is kind of like that. So I've got this very lit, like no BS kind of limit. And so when, if somebody comes up to me and they're not offering any kind of value and there's nothing I can immediately see a value that I can offer to them, I'm quick to end the conversation and move on because I value my time and I am always networking. Like I am always relationship building. So if we're not spending time building a relationship, it's a waste of my time. My time is valuable and I'm moving on. Also, I'm kind of strategic in a way that I am never just randomly networking. I always know there's people. I, I know my surroundings, who's around me and where would be kind of networking up. 
versus networking down. Like, I don't mean that to sound like in a, a bad way, but it, yeah. your networking is like business, right? Look, I, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. You know, like I always hate like putting people on levels, but that's what it is. Like, that's the yeah. whole name of the game. Like if you don't get around people who are on a different level, well, first of all, if you don't realize what level you're on, if you don't have the self-awareness to sit down and figure out like, Hey, I am just starting at this. I need some freaking help. You know what I mean? Like the first time I went out to Puerto Rico is like a perfect example. I had zero experience podcasting, zero experience making money online. So I paid a lot of money to go down to Puerto Rico and hang out with JLD for a couple of days because he's literally one of the best in the business. So someone that's on a way higher level than I was on, I wanted to get around to be around that person. So I know the timidity, timidity, is that a word? Timidity. Yeah. The shyness that you're that you're feeling when you say like I don't want to say it like that, but totally just feel free to say it like that because that's how it is. Yeah. Well, the way I like to look at it is you're either adding value or you're not, right? And so let me actually clear the air on that because I love talking to everybody. I'm a talker. Like whoever it is, if you know the right strings to pull, I will chat with you for hours. (laughs) So it's not about like I'm only looking up, but let me give you a good example from my experience, how you can be in probably one of the best ways to go about networking, especially if you are trying to network up, if you're trying to connect with an influencer that's that's higher than you. I was at a conference years ago now at this point, even before I had any success with any of my businesses online, I was still in the practice, in the physical brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. And I was at a conference and Mark Victor Hansen was there, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, right? Mm -hmm. And he was one of the featured speakers. This thing, this was one of those conferences that had like five or 6,000 people. And I was sitting at dinner in a restaurant at the hotel and it's the day before the conference. And sure enough, he walks in with his wife sits down at a table behind us. I'm sitting there with my girlfriend. I'm like, Hey, that's Mark Victor Hansen. That's Mark Victor Hansen. I'm like, I want to talk to him. Like, and I'm like, so nervous. This is Mark, you know, Mark right. Victor Hansen. This guy right. is a legend. Legendary it's, personal <laughs> development. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I'm like, what, like, and of course I'm thinking of it at that moment. Like, this is a really good opportunity for me. This is, you know, like how much could he give me advice, knowledge, connections. Right. And then finally it was like, you know, no, that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Let's just go introduce ourselves. He was, it was, the conference was in Italy. He's in Italy. He's American. Let's just go buy him a glass of wine. So we walked over there. He was literally in the middle of dinner and we said, Hey, I just want to introduce myself, you know, buying you a glass of wine, say hello. And the way that we, so long story short, we ended up having the rest of his dinner with him and dessert and about two bottles of wine. So two and a half, three hours later, we're still there with him. He takes us as one of his VIP for the rest of the conference. We got VIP access. He brought us with him behind stage. I actually, I'll share this picture with you later. We have a picture of us, me and my girlfriend with him and the other nine speakers that were speaking at the conference, just us. And he introduced us to all of them as his good friends. The way that happened is we sat down and we talked about shared and interesting knowledge, facts. I never once talked business with him. Not once. I talked about, hey, where have you been in Italy? Oh, you like wine. Have you been to this place? I started telling him place, how long are you going to be here for? They were going down to another city after the conference. Started giving him suggestions and places he could go. So the point of this is I removed the influencer status because I had knowledge in areas that he didn't. Of course, it was yeah. no longer about who's the influencer, who's not we were having a conversation on topics that we both enjoyed. So we connected. That's the fundamental point to it. You got to connect with people. And the way you do that is by talking on interesting things that they enjoy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Start being more real, just like be an actual person. You know what I mean? Like people get in these situations and they just like freak out. And then it's like, then they do the opposite of that. And it's like, Oh, uh, Mark for Johansson, uh, can I have a picture? You know? And it's like, okay, sure. And even if they're a nice person, they take a picture with you. They talk to you for 10 seconds and then it's like, all right, have a good night. You know, but yeah, because like, you just put yourself into that level. You just exactly. put yourself as in, like, oh, you're, you know, of course, yeah. I got pictures. I got like five or six pictures with him. Yeah, it was not the After. first thing I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, literally. So same exact thing happened with me uh, with Grant Cardone when I first saw him. It was at a, it was at a conference at Thrive when I was there with John in September in Vegas, and I was in the back because I was selling journals for John. And Grant walks into the room, and there weren't a lot of people back there. There was probably like there's like four or five people that went over to him, but most of the people were like listening to the person that was speaking on stage. And so there's a bunch of people that went up to him. They were like, I saw people take pictures with them. And I was like, that's Grant Cardone. I could, I could just go talk to him real quick. And then I was just like, what am I going to be able to do, contribute or say right now that's going to differentiate me from the four other people that just went up and took a picture with them? And the answer was absolutely nothing. So I didn't do that. I just gave him like a little head nod and a wave like I would any other person that walks in the room. And then within... That was September. And then in... March, I flew out to Miami and did an interview with him in person in his office, talked to him for a little bit before the interview and after the interview. I've talked to him since then. And then I got a picture with him after I did the interview and we had a conversation and he already knew that I had a bunch of people that he knows, likes, trusts and respects on my show at that point. Like now it's a completely different relationship, right? It's a completely different situation, but people get in this like scarcity mindset where they think there's not enough time in the world. Like there is no chance I'll ever see this person ever again. So I have to seize the opportunity right now, but they don't have anything like valuable to add. So they're just like, do this word vomit and then ask to take a picture (laughs) to make this like even on point with any, you know, with all the entrepreneurs out there, that's list building too. Like you can either go about list building and sales as transactional, or you can go about it as relationships. Now I know we've all heard that, but how many people actually implement that? Like if you're on my email list with hustle and scale, you're going to get these stories from me talking about, you know, like, when I stepped off of, I fell off a paddleboard and got something jammed in my foot and was in the hospital because they thought I was going to lose my foot. Or when I jumped out of an airplane, like we're going to have real communication. We're going to talk about stories. And within that, you know, you can communicate and talk about whatever your business goal or objective is. But if you're not building a relationship with somebody, if there's no relationship, it's not going to continue. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what are some practical ways like say that you're not in a position like you were in when you met Mark Victor Hansen and you were you didn't feel like you had any like super valuable information at the time. What are some really practical ways that somebody maybe just starting out with all of this can find a way to add at least a little bit of value enough to be able to start building a relationship with somebody that they admire? No, honestly, like when I was at that level, I had no influence. Like I was just a practicing doctor that was at a conference. So what I did, and this is what everybody else should do. Like, don't worry about like, don't try and go to them with what they're the influencer at or what they're the celebrity at. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody else is going to them at. And that's when you put them back into their world of that, you're instantly below them. Okay. So you don't want to go with that. You want to go into hobbies, interests passions. That's where you're both on the same level because guess what? Like I enjoy scuba diving. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not the best in the world at it. If you've done more scuba than me, I'm going to have questions for you. So we're instantly now on the same plane. Hmm. You know, if you've done traveling, like, so you're going to talk about hobbies. So 
the way to do that is one, if you're going into it blind, like if you just like turn around and, Oh, there's Marv Victor Hansen behind you at dinner, you know, you're going to have to like get good at kind of ask, just asking them without sounding like you're doing an interview or an interrogation. Like, so hey, <laughs> what have you been up to? Like, you know, now if you know, who's going to be there, this is back to the planning. Like if you know, you're going to a conference or a mastermind, mm-hmm. yeah. find out who's going to be there. I am always looking at who's going to be there. So yeah. I can, if there's somebody that pops up on my radar, like, Ooh, that's somebody I want to put into my network, then I'm looking up what they're interested in. So I right. already know right. what to come to them and talk about, right? Yeah. Now, don't be phony. Don't fake it. They will f- yeah. see right through that. But find yeah, something like, you have like, like they're a total Star Wars fan, but you've never seen the movie, but you're like, <laughs> and you love Star Wars. Yeah, Star Trek is awesome. They're like, yeah. what, dude? Like, get what? out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. And honestly, this is something that I do too, is like, you go to a conference, go listen to their like previous three or four podcast episodes. This is honestly the Bulge Network podcast. If you're going to a conference anytime soon and somebody that's been on my show is going to be at that conference, you want to connect to them, I highly recommend like, go check out one of their episodes because the question I ask a lot of people is like, hey, what's a way that you know we can connect with you? Like, What's something that turns you off when somebody comes up to you? What's something that you actually like to talk about? Like, Just do a little bit of research and that little tiny bit of research will differentiate you from everybody else that comes up to them at that conference. Because some people at that conference may have just known who that is because they were at that conference. So they might just be there and be like, man, I've never even heard of you before, but it seems like everybody wants to take a picture with you. So let me take a picture with you just so I don't like miss out. You know what I mean? Whereas you come up and you're like, hey, I was just listening to your episode with Travis, or I was listening to your episode on JLD's show, or I was listening to your episode on blah, 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 blah. And you said this and this, man, that's so cool. I had this one time where I, you know, like went like this and you have this different little story and you can connect with them in a way that's actually genuine and that sticks out in their mind. Cause that's the biggest thing, right? Can you talk about oh, a couple ways to kind of differentiate yourself between all the other people that reach out to these people? Cause that was the biggest question in my head when I first was reaching out to John, because I knew he like he the dude got like 1.5 million downloads a month or something stupid crazy on his show. So I was like, people reach out to this guy literally on a daily basis to get his time. So what can I do to differentiate myself? And that I think was the key to the entire relationship I was able to build with them. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think it first starts with understanding what your expectations are. So if you're just trying to shotgun approach, like hit up 50 influencers and hope somebody, you know, puts you on their podcast, like you're probably not going to get you're not going to get the results you want. Now, if you're looking for relationships, again, relationships are more, they take more time, but they're more beneficial in the long run. But exactly Um, what you just said, and sorry to cut you off, but exactly what you just said is the whole point, right? Like the first thing that you said, when you're reaching out to 50, like a shotgun type of an approach, you're looking for results. You're looking for like, I want this particular thing to happen. I want increased sales in my business. I want increased leads into my marketing funnel. I want it like, I want more traffic to my web. Like you're looking for something. Whereas the other way, is looking for the relationship. So you're looking for the relationship instead of the results. But I just wanted to point that out. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the top ways, some are more difficult than others. Some will produce more benefits than others. But one, to start it all, you should have this built into your routine. Like you should just have a part of your routine, whether you do it like for two hours on Mondays or you do it like 20 minutes every day or whatever. You should have networking and don't even think of it as networking. Think of it as like relationship building because to be quite honest, it's it's a lot of fun too, but the top way is to go over like over and above, right? If you want to stand out, you want to get somebody's attention like Pat Flynn or Tim Ferriss or whatnot, you need to go over and above. So a couple of real easy ways is mail, like send them a physical package of something. Like you're going to stand out, you know, again, that doesn't sound easy. And like half the people I just said that, like half the people just went, eh, 
you know, you could hear that collective groan, but that is going to stand out. And not only is it going to stand out and possibly get you that opportunity to have a conversation where you would have never got it before, he's going to remember that. Right. That's the big thing. So even if you don't get the conversation right there, anytime later, hey, I'm the one who sent you that hustle and scale hat and the the t-shirt and that little bit, you know, whatever. The next thing, a little bit easier, still more difficult than just doing a blast is like, you know, using like bomb bomb videos, any kind of video, you know, where they can see you. It's different. Not a lot of people are doing it. I mean, yes, more people are doing it now. Those are two like really good ones. Okay. Now, if you know where these people are at online, like the most powerful one you could do is be at a physical place with them. Okay. And I'm not talking like they're doing a one hour keynote and you're one of 5,000 people. Find out what masterminds they're part of and try and be there. That's where it's at. Okay. That's the best thing you could do ever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not feasible for everybody. But then the next thing is find out where they're at online and be visible, like their posts, comment on their posts. I don't think people recognize how, like so many of us influencers, we get these we get a lot of complaints, right? We get a lot of people like, oh, like the link didn't work or, you know, you misspelled that word in your email. We get a lot of criticism on a regular basis. Those few people that are constantly being like, oh, I loved that or that was great or just liking your comments or posts, you know, that stands out. If you want to stand out even more like Instagram, okay? Like you can direct message anybody on Instagram and there's no filter. We can't filter that stuff. Like I remember when I do my summits, I do a lot of one day summits. When I'm looking for some influencers that are outside of my network and I can't find a direct email to them or their staff, my number one place I go to is Instagram, follow them and you can send a direct message. They are going to get that. So yeah. those are some, some of the top ways that really do work if you just put the time in. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your one day summits that you put on. Yeah. So with Hustle and Scale, it's, it's my list building strategy. It's what I do to build my list. And it's actually a lot like networking in a way. It's because it's all about adding value to a relationship before you ever ask for anything. So essentially a one day summit, it's a deep dive or an intensive on a specific pain point or a problem where either you are providing all the solutions anywhere from five to 10, or you bringing other influencers or experts together to provide those solutions. And it's done in one day which makes it super effective and super flexible in the sense of being like, you know, I typically run almost one a month because I can put them on within 30 days. It's very good for adding value and building your list and creating relationships with people before you ever ask for anything in return, which builds that no like, and trust. Hmm. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So, uh, and I would also throw on that, like, so that's like from the list, like getting people on your list, but the relationships, like it gives you a platform too, just yeah. like with the podcast, right? You have a platform where you can interview people and it, it gives you something of value. When you do like one day summits, you now have a platform where influencers can come in and express their message or whatnot. And it gives you something of value for them and it lets you network with them. I can't tell you how many people, perfect example. I just did an interview two weeks ago with Molly Pittman. She was the ex-VP of marketing for, you know, traffic and conversion, digital marketer, and now works with Minichat. Like mm-hmm. I'd never had a face-to-face, but now like we're connected, right? We had a great right. conversation. I've got her information. I can reach out to her. So it's really good. Also a really good way of networking. With people. And then you do a lot of the masterminds down in Puerto Rico too. Is that right? Dude, I am a mastermind junkie. I love participating. <laughs> I love putting them on. I think I actually had to have like an intervention not that long ago because I think I spent over $120,000 on masterminds one year of me participating in them. Yeah. 
and I was gone like every other week. But uh, yeah, so I run a mastermind called Puerto Rico Masterminds, which is a small, intimate one. It's invite only, 30 people. Anybody can apply, but we handpick who uh, gets to come. We keep it super small, 30 people, and we bring top level like influencers or experts to it to provide value. So for example, we've had John Lee Dumas, we've had Pat Flynn, Lewis Howes. We have an upcoming one with Jeff Walker. And so what's really cool about this is you know, you're 30 people and you get an entire day with this. I mean, it's very low price considering what you're getting out of it. But it's really cool. We make a lot of good relationships. All the attendees love it. I know I love it. I walk away from it with 30 new best friends. That's one of the reasons I love masterminds just in general is you really can develop some very close relationships very quickly. Yeah, deep relationships for sure. Well, Mark, I really appreciate it, man. Let's go ahead and move on here to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Yeah, so I love scuba diving. So I would love to see what being a scuba instructor would be like. But my probably my biggest one, which is going to sound like a shock to a lot of people, is a lot of times like I find myself going almost envious of some of my friends, you know, back home, just living that kind of normal nine to five life, like where like they have a set income, they have the same routine, they do it every day. Like sometimes I'm like, man, that just sounds nice. Like to just to kind of give it all up and just be like in a set routine. Because it's kind of like you've heard the curse of knowledge. It's the same thing, curse of success. Like you get to do anything, you know, be anywhere, do all these things when you have, you know, multi million dollar companies, things like that. But as you go up, as your success goes up, the stress goes up, responsibilities go up. Like it becomes to that point where it's kind of like it'd be nice to just be easy. Just chill. Yeah. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? My first react when I was thinking about this, my first response was Vince Vaughn because he cracks me up. I think we would like, I would like <laughs> one of those like side busting, you know, like just feel good yeah. afterward endorsement. But yeah. from more of a intellectual point of view, I would love to have a conversation with Leonardo da Vinci. Like the things that guy did in his time, like his mind, like he was a builder, right? And he, I mean, he was more than a builder, but he saw things that weren't there. So it's kind of like a lot of entrepreneurs in a way, like seeing something that doesn't exist and we go out and build it. And he did it against all odds. And I think it would be super cool to tap into that wisdom, that knowledge. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? For sure, for me, it's in person. If I have that option, it's in person. Second would have to be probably videos. Like, I don't love reading, I do it, but I love, I prefer video. I got a short attention span, you know, so it keeps me on point. I'm the same way. Yeah. (laughs) I think I've been going through the same book for like over a month now. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) but I'll go through like four audiobooks in that same period of time, you know, but yeah. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. You know, in all fairness, my morning routine is really not anything special. I get up anywhere from between 5, 5.30. I typically just go for a morning walk, you know, sunrise. I don't listen to anything during that time because I just want to collect my thoughts. It's my brainstorm idea, the time, like get the ideas and also kind of get the clarity about like set my intention for the day. And then I come back, I do, you know, 10, 15 minutes of yoga five to 10 minutes of meditation. And then I'm checking messages. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, it is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Lord. What is something that you are just not very good at? 
That would have to be spelling and being told what to do. (laughs) As we get everything wrapped up here, man, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most? Dude, I'm always hanging out in my Facebook group, my Facebook community called Hustle and Scale Community. It's a bunch of side hustlers and six and seven figure scalers working on scaling their business. Perfect. So if you want to go hang out with Mark, head over to Hustle and Scale on Facebook and uh, connect with him there. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Seriously, I had a blast chatting with you. That was a, a lot of great stuff. Dude, I loved it. This was great. It was really good to talk about this stuff. Networking, relationship building, it's so important. So I love what you got going on here, Travis. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You may have heard me in the intro give you a little bit of a taste of the new mastermind that I have coming up. I can't yet reveal some of the awesome stuff that's going to be a part of that mastermind. But if it's something that you are interested in, please feel free to shoot me an email over to Travis at buildyournetwork.co. And I would love to chat with you about it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.